You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. It's an exciting week on screening in Kingston this week. Um, it's it's always interesting when when Taylor takes a week off because we get to really geek out and talk about something uh, that she has zero interest in. Um, so uh, yeah, as I mentioned, no Taylor this week. And as we talked about last week, Andrew is has joined me to talk about WandaVision. Hi, Andrew. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, thank you for coming back. I mean, it's glad I'm glad that you uh, watched along this show and are ready to talk about it. Uh, we we always try to bring you around to talk Marvel with me because, as I mentioned, uh, Taylor will never watch these things. Well, that's her loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel the same way. It's definitely her loss. Um, so, um, as I mentioned, as we talked about previously, this week is all about WandaVision, um, and I'm going to give a quick spoiler warning right now right at the beginning andrew and i are going to completely spoil this series if you haven't seen it because andrew i don't think there's much to talk about unless we can spoil it yeah it'd be a pretty short episode i think <laughs> yeah it would be about 10 minutes what'd you think of it oh it's good great moving on um yeah we're gonna have to spoil it so this is your spoiler warning if you haven't seen wandavision and are planning on watching it even if you've only seen a few episodes we're talking about episode one right through to episode nine so we're talking about everything. Spoiler warning ahead. Everything is on the table. Um, it's going to be kind of a, an episode where we just dedicate to to the one series. Um, we actually have gotten, Andrew, um, a couple fan questions before about why Screening in Kingston doesn't like talk more television because it's such a big medium and you know here we are in a pandemic and television was kind of the only thing we had. It's because it's so hard to talk about. There's so much of it. Yeah, it's so hard to talk about consistently because if we were to do WandaVision, we basically have to take nine weeks <laughs> away from the from the show to just talk about it each week. Yeah, right? yeah like it's yeah. it's it's a lot. Yeah. So we uh, we decided a while back that if there's ever a show that Taylor and I really like and we want to talk about it, we can do these season kind of one or season two like wrap up things. We did it with Star Trek Picard, and now this um, I felt it was worth talking about because. I will say, just before we get into our general thoughts, just like a little thing about this show. Didn't you find that this was like one of these shows that didn't really have filler episodes and was kind of like Watchmen in the sense that like every week stuff happened? Yeah, yeah. Like there wasn't like, I guess that was the benefit of there being movies before the the series is that we already had the character developments. There wasn't really like a, hey, these are the characters that you're going to see. It was just bang, 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 just stuff, stuff, stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, that's the thing. It's like, you don't, you don't have to introduce us to these characters and you don't have to, to let us get to know um, their backstories. Like we know that, Um, which brings me to an interesting thought. Like, Do you think non-Marvel fans, like if you just are not a huge fan, maybe you like sporadically watch the movies, can they enjoy this series if you're not like totally into Marvel? I think so, but I think it depends on the viewer. Like I I was noticing um, 
on Facebook, there was an ad that kept uh, generating um, as a sponsored ad on my feed. And uh, it would show you one or two comments sort of as a preview of what people were talking about. And um, right. a lot of them were saying like, oh, I don't watch much Marvel, but I really enjoyed the uh, callbacks to the, um, to the old sitcoms. So oh, okay. I think, you know, that the feel of the, of the series, uh, especially in the beginning, uh, maybe would make fans uh, out of it because it had that nostalgia value to it. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I'm glad. I'm gl- First of all, I'm glad to hear that because I, I'm a huge, I'll, I'll spoil how I even feel about this. I'm a huge fan of this series. I thought it was extremely well done. And I was on board from it from like second number one of episode number one like the minute it started i was like this is fantastic but i heard i heard a lot of people on the other side where there's like it took me till episode three to get into it because the first two episodes are really just i mean all i would say the first three episodes with exception to the end of the third are really like high into this concept of like this is a sitcom world and one tiny little weird thing happens which makes you go what is that beekeeper doing in the middle of the street? Like it's like yeah. a weird thing, but doesn't tell you anything. And it's not till the end kind of, of I, I think it's episode three, which is the, the first in color episode as we get into, we cross into the, like the, what the seventies <laughs> yeah. gets color television. Um, that's at the end of that episode, they reveal something. And then the next episode is kind of fully almost out of the sitcom world and you kind of catch up to what's going on. Like it's, it is very interesting to me that they chose to do that. And I understand that it, that it turns some people off and maybe we can share Andrew, our first kind of texting moment before I even asked you to, to do this, to record this, you, you watched episode one and you, you weren't a hundred percent into it. Were you like, you were kind of like, what's going on? here? As far as a Marvel uh, universe, um, show i guess even though this is the first one um i yeah i was a little skeptical i I really enjoyed it but on a different level than i would enjoy a marvel movie or anything else marvel based because i i i actually really love the uh, classic sitcoms like i i grew up watching the oldies channel you know with i love lucy and and all those sort of things so i really enjoyed that but yeah i was like what is what are they going to do with this like (laughs) It's just they've made a sitcom with the characters from Marvel. Like I didn't really understand yeah. where they could go with it. But yeah, um, I was definitely sold by that that cliffhanger at the end of the third one. I was like, okay, now we're getting into something. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the first moment where it's like, okay, this show's now taking off from whatever. We're going to learn more. We're going to learn everything. And one of the things that this show did that I I didn't I didn't really think other shows have done this well like i like shows that are slow burns you reveal things as you go this this show was like episode four we're just going to recap everything and tell you what's been going on but they Mm -hmm. did it so well that i didn't mind (laughs) yeah yeah no i agree um so yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna have talk like this where i'm I'm getting ahead of myself we're already into episode four we gotta talk about the series first so why don't we just (laughs) give 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 our thoughts here um let's start with you andrew just just Whatever you want to say, what did you think of of one? I thought it was great. Um, it, it's very different and unique um, how they used um, you know the classic sitcom angle to sort of start into it, and just how they really um, told a story with it. Um, you know, especially as you get into later episodes and and, and realize why uh, this was all happening. Um, but uh, yeah, like as far like I was really invested in in the episode. Like I every Friday, I was really looking forward to to coming in and watching a new episode. And 
you know, with, with the influx of shows now with Netflix and, and all these different platforms, you don't get that as much. Um, so I think really... You, you really don't, do you? No. <laughs> you get a lot of binging, but you don't get this, I'm going to release it once at a time. It's kind of nice. When yeah, it, it kind of, cl- you know, brings me back to the high school days when you had a favorite show and you were looking forward to mm-hmm. seeing it every week. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done and uh, and it was very enjoyable. Do you remember then, like, because this is the other thing, like, you had to wait so long when a show wrapped up, like yes. when season, like a, a season finale or episode, I was should say a, se- a season finale, not, not just an episode, a season finale would happen. And you'd be waiting, like it would seem like, of course, forever when you're a kid, but, but you'd be waiting sometimes four months, five months to like see the sort of conclusion of it. And it was even worse in movies. Like you get one, you get the first Lord of the Rings movies, and then three years later, you get the other one. <laughs> like yeah. now yeah. with technology, it's like, oh, we're just going to, film everything at once and then every year you'll get it you know <laughs> like it's not not as long as a wait yeah it was it was very different and um when netflix and all these sort of things started popping up i was like oh this is great but now i've kind of gone the other way where i really kind of missed that you know yeah waiting and that like you know hoping and then go oh like, i wonder what's going to happen next um so it's, well, it's funny nice how you jump balance yeah, I Isn't agree. It? Like, yeah. it's nice to like have some shows where you're like, I just want to binge this. But sometimes, like, because Watchmen was the same, wasn't it? Like every Sunday we get mm-hmm. a Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. I kind of liked that. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely. I like the episode by episode release. I think the more show, shows should do that in the streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that makes sense. Um, so in looking at at, at your kind of thoughts, so you you liked it, you're on board for it. Um, took you kind of maybe a couple episodes to get into it, but overall you enjoyed this the series i think the one thing that we're going to come back to this later but do you think that the way that they released three i think they released what two episodes and then another one or three like they released a couple to try to catch you i think okay binge these and then week by week by week i think it kind of served this show specifically because there was so much mystery so much intrigue like, didn't it kind of make you go, okay, now I'm even more excited. As opposed to binging it, you're going to get your answers right away. Like, would you agree that this type of show is kind of what serves this release one at a time? Oh, very much so, yeah. Like, I don't think you would have the same effect if it was, like, a, a comedy uh, or something like that. Like, it wouldn't really serve the same purpose. But, yeah, since it's uh, it's it has uh, this sort of mystery value to it, yeah, I think it's really great that they, they're doing it week by week, so you have to wait for that uh, answer. And you're yeah. kind of, and you're kind of looking, uh, thinking like, oh, what, what's, what, what could this mean? What could this be? Like, he brings back more of that, you know, like uh, reflection on on things more so than just, oh, I'm just gonna go pull the next episode. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I was with this series, where not only did the throwback nostalgia of sitcoms that was nice, it was also a throwback to nostalgia of this is. This is how it used to be when watching a show that you loved, where each week it's interesting. You you're start debating about it in your own head. Okay, what could this mean? You try to figure it out, and then you get answers, and, and they, you know, when they come to you, you're like either shocked or disappointed or happy or all these things. Like that's, to me, it served this series really well, and it's one of the things I liked. And like, I, I mean, I told you this, and it's no surprise. Like, I loved this series. I loved every, all nine episodes. Um, I think there was one episode where I was like, eh, a little less into this than the others. But like, that's it. Like I had one episode that I felt was a little slow. Other than that, I was like totally on board for everything. I loved every second of it. I thought the characters they introduced were really interesting. Um, I thought that the way 
they specifically looked at these characters that we already knew and put them into new, new situations was kind of interesting and weird. Like you're never going to get that again. You, you know who Wanda is, you know who Vision is, and to see them like basically playing sitcom tropes, you're never going to see that. Like yeah, that's what's yeah. been cool about Marvel is they they did something unique and different. I think they rolled the dice a little bit, but I think it worked out because I'm I'm totally on board for for this series. I love it. Yeah, that. and I'm, um, I'm really disappointed I have to wait now <laughs> to to get more. <laughs> well, this is to get more. Yeah, and so this is the thing like and we're going to we'll talk about this definitely more at the end. It was the way they titled the final episode. Mm-hmm. It was titled series finale. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that, and this is what I, I, I kind of had a feeling that maybe these one-off shows for Marvel are like, okay, yes, WandaVision gets one season. It's called WandaVision. And then you get, you know, you get your, what, what's the next one? Winter Soldier? Um, yeah, Falcon uh, and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Yeah, okay, that's the next one. Yeah, maybe that's how they're doing it. As opposed to like, oh, WandaVision gets season one, two, three, four, five. It's here's WandaVision, here's nine episodes. Here's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, here's nine episodes. If we're going to see Wanda again, but it's in this series or this movie. Like it's, I, yeah. I think they've left it open-ended where they could do either. They could do, and I'm kind of on board for either. Like, yes, you could do a second season of WandaVision or you could put Wanda in a completely different series and call it something else. I'm just, I'm like you. I'm ready for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like I'm pumped to continue just... With the, to me, it's the MCU television series, and season one was WandaVision, and season two is going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really neat how they are able to do that. Well, it's the flexibility they've built by yeah. they they've given us ten plus years of movies. They've got all these characters. They've been very successful. Um, you know, they're they're not perfect. I'm not um, I'm not someone who puts Marvel on this pedestal of they're perfect and everything they do is perfect, but they put together like a really, really good run of movies. And this series was excellent as well written. The acting was fantastic. Um, I think there are things you'd miss if you're, if you're a casual Marvel fan, but it's good to know that there's chatter out there of people being like, I'm not really into Marvel, but I enjoyed the throwback to sitcoms and I enjoyed the story and the ride. Great. Like that's awesome that they mm-hmm. can, can get other people as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's walk through this. Let's let's kind of go through a couple episodes at a time. We'll just kind of briefly talk about things. There's little moments in this series that I kind of want to pause at and, and talk about. Um, and then we have a couple people who wrote in, a couple fans wrote in a couple things, and we'll get to those near the end of the show. Um, so let's let's talk about the the two uh, real throwbacks in, in black and white episodes because I think these kind of pair really well together. Let's talk about episode one and episode two. Episode one is titled Film Before a Live Studio Audience. And episode two, Don't Touch That Dial. Um, again, very sitcom-y names, very sitcom-y tropes that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this live studio audience. Um, so episodes one and two, they're, they're black and white. Like, it's like the 50s and the 60s. <laughs> very black and white. <laughs> like Very like, um, you know, they're, they're in suburbia. You've got uh, Wanda, who's like the very stereotypical housewife you've got the the vision who basically the sitcom is even put in she's a witch he's a you know mechanical man and they're trying to to hide and it very like um bewitched kind of yeah i was just gonna say that first episode yeah like i i feel the bewitched kind of especially in episode one like a very very yeah no it was very bewitched feely especially when she would make the plates fly around and 
mm-hmm. and how silly Vision was. Like it reminds you of uh, I forget the character's main uh, name in, in uh, Bewitched, but like it reminds you of the husband, how he was mm-hmm. kind of silly about everything. And yeah, no, it's definitely very Bewitched feel. And even the plots, because that's the thing I, I heard people complain about the most is that episode one and episode two, it, the plot is basically a very stereotypical like done a million times plot of a sitcom the first episode is there's an important date written on the calendar um wanda and vision both think it's for something else she thinks it's their anniversary and he thinks oh or he discovers while he's at work that he he invited his boss over Mm -hmm. um for dinner (laughs) so you, you already have like this like that's kind of like that you would have that in a bewitched episode or i love lucy or or anything kind of from that era and uh it's it's really not until that scene when the the boss and his wife come over for dinner um they they kind of sit down they talk everything's going poorly she's like using her powers to like magically put all the food together almost gets caught three or four times ha 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 there's a laugh track um (laughs) and then something like super weird happens at at the dinner table and that's kind of your that's your little nugget like these two episodes give you a nugget of something where a tiny little taste yeah little little taste of like something's weird because i think it's the boss he starts to choke on on the the meal and everyone kind of like the his his wife is almost caught in sort of a loop of saying things over and over again vision doesn't know what to do wanda sort of like gives him a command to, to do something and it almost like freezes for a second where you're not like, you're like, wait a minute, hold on. What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was very, that's when I actually thought like the, it was something was going to drop. Like, okay, now we're going to start getting Mm -hmm. something. But then it kind of just went back to normal once she gave that command. Well, it was the same with episode two. Cause I, so I want to loop them together. One to save us some time because we have an hour to go through all this, but also because these two really make sense to pair together. Episode two is the same thing. You, you get them planning, uh, the kind of like was a charity carnival thing and they want to do a magic trip again a very very 60s sitcom you know what all you know i can't even name them right now but <laughs> you know what i mean like it's a very typical oh we've got to prepare this magic act i think doesn't he get gum he chews gum and gum gets stuck yeah. in his like servos and makes him act drunk yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like the thing that happens yeah so it's like in that episode the same thing where you get the radio sort of tunes in and you hear a voice talking to Wanda. Um, and that's, that's, that shows little moment of like, something's weird here. And both of these episodes for the most part from beginning, middle to end, just show you a sitcom storyline, but gives you these one, one moment in each where something's weird. And because us as an audience are like, we know that these aren't sitcom stars. We know something's up anyway. That's kind of enough, don't you think, to, to get to pique your interest? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely just enough. Just like I said, a little taste. Yeah. And they introduced the concept I was about to say about the commercials. What did you think of that? The commercials I, they put in? <laughs> I really liked them because they all had a little something in them um, to either, you know, call back to uh, the comics or even some of the um, old writers and, and old uh, people that worked mm. on the comic books. So I thought it was a really neat way to one sort of like transition to a different scene, but also to like give you a little bit of like, Oh, okay. I see what they're doing there. And they kind of progressively 
got more interesting i found like because mm-hmm. especially like at the beginning you're right it was like something here's a little nod to this or nod to that and it's and it's subtle right like yeah. it's small and you know you sometimes it makes you want to go back and watch it again right yeah the first one was the toaster the stark toaster yeah, um stark and then toaster, yeah. the second one was the strucker watch which is a callback to the baron <laughs> wolfgang von strucker which is the guy who experimented on wanda and pietro it's so interesting that they were introducing these things. What was interesting too is like it progressively got like those dark elements you'd notice. Cause like the Strucker reference is like, okay, it's the name, but it, it's like, oh, like that's kind of has negative connotation. Once they got to the Halloween episode, um, which was the one where they kind of like jumped to like the late 90s, early 2000s, like the Malcolm in the Middle kind of feel and and what was that one with the twins um who who were rich or something wasn't there like a early 2000s one with these two twins who were like rich and they i can't remember the name of it though i'm like blanking on all these sitcom names yeah but, you know sounds they, familiar. yeah like there was something like that and and like i think you know i think malcolm in the middle was like their main um thing with the sixth episode but like by the time you got to that one, like that was that was the one where the the kids trapped on the island and the shark pops up and is like, "Oh, have this thing," and a kid can't open the the lid yeah. of like this like yogurt or something, and and then the the time goes by and and the kid turns into a skeleton. Like that was such a weird thing to have in there. You know, felt like a real kids cartoon, but got dark real fast. It sure did, yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe it was like a spotlight of what it was like to be in the hex, like maybe not so much like the ending with the uh, skeleton, but like just like not really knowing where you are and, and you're trapped. No, no, that's very very true. That could very well be it. I mean, the reveal of the hex, which is kind of coming up in the in the next few episodes, like that there's a lot of nuance here within this series of like the what wanda's doing and we like wanda and we like vision so we root for them but like what she's done here and what gets revealed is actually pretty terrible <laughs> like it's pretty frightening if you were ever caught in it um but anyway so so that those are the first two episodes episodes three and four is when things like take up a notch like first episode three is titled now in color episode four we interrupt this program so three is kind of, to me, is the last episode we get truly in the sitcom where we don't see any real elements of the real world. until. Mm-hmm. And I know this was kind of the episode that that really made you go like, oh, wow, this is going somewhere. So what were your kind of thoughts as we got into episodes three and four? <laughs> like, I really enjoyed the first two episodes because, like I said, I was I'm, I'm a fan of that uh, era of sitcom. But I was kind of like, finally, like we're starting to get into the, the meat here. Um, because like I was saying, I was kind of, um, wasn't sure where they were going to go with this whole, um, this whole idea, but yeah, I, I was, uh, I was like, okay, now we're starting to get into things. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you had little, you know, little symbols and stuff that were happening that you were noticing that things were going to start going somewhere. Like when, uh, Geraldine was wearing that sword necklace, for example, you know, mm-hmm. you, you knew, okay, that's, that's going to be something that's going to happen. 
Um, so yeah, like it was just, yeah, I was more like a, like, okay, here, we're starting to get into stuff here. And it's so funny how we're like, as Marvel fans, cause you and I probably have seen, I mean, we've seen every Marvel movie multiple times. Um, we used to go, um, before the pandemic, of course, with a big group of people to see all the big Marvel movies. And it's almost as though we're trained as an audience to look at those things so closely. Yeah. It's like this person's necklace definitely is a throw to something and but we know but you you have to look for it because otherwise you're you feel like you're gonna miss something yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um so yeah i i kind of felt the same way you do though about like i was i was 100 as i said on board the whole series but definitely by the end of episode three i was like okay now we're gonna find out some information i was a little surprised like i mentioned before that episode four we interrupt this program really told you like almost everything like it introduced the idea of the hex which i was i wasn't sure was this in everyone's mind or is this a physical space like yeah, yeah. that wasn't clear at the beginning and episode four showed us okay this is a physical space there's a there's a town that basically has been taken over by wanda she's created what they call the hex which is this kind of energy field around it that if you get sucked into it you basically get transformed to whatever era of sitcom they happen to be and we yeah. get uh, oh we get the, the, oh yeah that was the other thing monica we get to know who monica rambo is yes um i thought that was i thought that was a great like episode four i thought was great because like the the whole her whole backstory of like monica rambo she's the the daughter of basically captain marvel's best friend from from the first if you will remember the captain marvel movie um mm-hmm. when captain marvel kind of comes back to earth she she's kind of reunited with a friend of hers who they were both pilots together. This is her daughter. So this is the little kid we met in Captain Marvel grown up. Um, and she was blipped away. Like we, we see basically her reformation from the blip, how disoriented and scary that was. Like, don't you think that was like such a cool, a cool sequence to, to see? Yeah, it really was. And I'm really glad they did that because we didn't really get a look into how that sort of happened. Um, in any of the movies leading up to this, um, of what it was like to have everybody come back. You get a little bit of that sort of joke in the, the Spider-Man movie where they show a clip on the TV of uh, the marching band coming back during a basketball game or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you you know, that was a three-second sort of clip, and then that was it. But here you actually got, you know, some time to see how scary and how weird and how um, manic it was for all this to happen. Um but I still have questions about the whole thing because, like, you know, what about people that were in airplanes? <laughs> like, did they just fall to Earth? Like, I don't know. Oh, so and, the Russo brothers answered that. Now, it's not official. But okay. The, direct, the directors, at least, of, of Endgame said anyone would just pop back on the ground wherever they were, like, in relation to where they were in the sky. So that does create problems over an ocean. Yeah. Because they would just be in the ocean, but the, but yeah, they they sort of answered that saying it would not bring anyone back in like moral terror. It okay. would put them back in the physical space they were. But if if they were in an airplane, it's whatever space you know in relation on the ground they would have right. been occupied right. wherever the plane was flying over. Um, okay. But you bring up a really good point though of how how much nuance there is to the return of people after the blip. Cause all we saw in Endgame was captain America was in trouble. Thanos is winning. And thankfully because they blipped everyone back, all these heroes showed up and, yeah. and, and fought. But we, we now from, from a little bit from Spider-Man 
and very much in this series, we see how awful it would be to have half the planet disappear one day, five years later, everyone just comes back. Um, People have mourned and moved on. Like in, in this case, in Monica's case, she missed the final days of her mother. Her mother passed yeah. away within the five years. She was sick. Monica wakes up in the hospital, right? Like, I'm pretty sure she's, like, on, uh, sitting beside an empty hospital bed. Um, yeah, like the room she, she was she, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she reforms back there and is just panic-stricken. Has no idea what happened. And I think it's it, it makes Monica such an interesting character. And I'm really excited to see where they take her moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed her character. All right, so... Um, Kind of continue to move on. So we get we get to know a little bit more about Monica Rambo. We get her kind of backstory in episode four. We learn about the hex. We get introduced to Darcy again, um, who who we last saw in the second Thor movie. I don't think she was no, she wasn't in the third one because that no, doesn't no. take place on Earth at all. Um, Correct. Yeah, she was in the second movie. one. Yeah, yeah. She's now a fully fledged scientist. Like she's been an assistant forever, but she she's a fully fledged scientist now. Um, and they bring her in because they're trying to figure out this, as you mentioned, sword, which gets kind of teased. We get to explain that sword is basically uh, another sort of shield agency, but it's meant for for things that are not terrestrial to Earth. Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, it, all of this, if you think about it, some people would point out and be like, okay, well, shield collapsed, so now you're doing another thing called sword. Well, first of all, it's from the comic books and the names are there and like whatever. But it also makes sense that a government agency would be like, okay, we now know there are aliens. <laughs> so we have to be prepared for how that affects them. Yeah, and they, they did change the name of it too. It uh, In the comics, it was Sentient World Observation and Response Department. Uh, but in the in this show, it's sentient uh, weapon observation and response department. So they did kind of adjust it a little bit to maybe make a little bit more sense for the Marvel universe, uh, cinematic universe. And that does make it, that does make a little more sense, just in terms of of where we are in mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe right now. Like, the, so the human race has gone through a lot in these past few years, like everyone disappearing and finding out that there's. You know, first of all, finding out that there's people on the planet who have extra uh, ordinary powers uh, is bad enough and stressful enough and and led to enough troubles the minute you you introduce space into it. Um, And then, of course, when everyone suddenly disappeared, uh, it makes sense that the government would respond and be like, we need to have agencies to handle this. Um, And yeah, I mean, it it makes sense to me. Um, So, yeah, we we get we get uh, we interrupt this program, which is kind of a nice little throwback uh on a very special episode we really get we get into the 80s um sitcoms like it, it felt very much like a, a family matters and uh full house of course yeah. and it, that's kind of like where a very special episode kind of brings in and the halloween one which was next which is very malcolm in the middle very kind of like 90s but i would i would also argue kind of late 90s mm-hmm more so than than kind of the the early 90s but I, again to me a very special episode and the new halloween episode they kind of they kind of were in two decades almost like it was kind of late 80s early 90s late 90s early 2000s like that seemed to be kind of where they were um any thoughts on on episodes five or six that you you want to talk about i, I really like them um i think that uh 
I liked some of the teasing to what could be coming later on in the Marvel uh, Cinematic yeah. Universe. Uh, Monica says that she knows an aerospace engineer. <laughs> um, so that kind of is a nod to Mr. Fantastic. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. it could be, you know, a, a, a little window into what is to come with that. Uh, so I like that really, I like that a lot. I caught that too and thought the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Did they cast someone and we didn't like it? Normally you find out now if Marvel casts someone like who's yeah. playing this, that way. I'm like, there's no way they could have cast him without us knowing that. Like, are they, are we actually going to see him? Like, that's all I thought. I was like, are we seeing him this series? There's no way we could, but you're right. It's, it's a really nice tease to what we're going to see later. And the thing about a very special episode and, and the Halloween episode this is really the first time that we kind of bounce back and forth. Like where we see a little bit what's going on in the sitcom world. And then we kind of catch up with Monica and agent Wu, um, who are together with sword, trying to figure things out with Darcy. Like you kind of see this back and forth, which was kind of nice. It was kind of nice jumping between the two worlds. Like I thought that was really well done. And then of course you have to mention at the end of episode five, uh, Pietro showing. Yeah. I mean, that was, um, that was big. <laughs> <laughs> that was huge. I mean, episode five, ends on i i think the biggest cliffhanger the whole series had um yeah so her uh, people again we're spoiling everything so it doesn't matter uh people may not remember but it, yeah wanda's brother um you know pietro or quicksilver but they weren't at the time they weren't allowed to call him quicksilver um he he died at the end of age of ultron um and we see him back but in a completely new way. And the way they did that was so interesting because they framed it. You see the back of his head first, um, cuts to cuts to Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda, and she says, Pietro? And then it cuts back to him, and it's not uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's uh, Evan Peters, yep. <laughs> who, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. <laughs> and I I think I, I lost it. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I was like, wait a minute, what? And and just the whole, I obviously Marvel. The the whole backstory of this is is that you know Marvel had sold the rights years and years ago to Fox for X Men, but that includes any characters that are technically a mutant and all their names, and that's why, including like the Fantastic Four was sold. That's why the MCU has never included the Fantastic Four or any of the X Men, even though they're all part of Marvel. Um, the X-Men and the Avengers have a lot of different storylines together. Um, and that's why we've only ever heard Wanda and Pietro called by their first names. They actually weren't allowed to use their superhero names because they're technically X-Men. So we have this kind of weird thing where there was one movie that came out. I think they came out the same year. They, we had the X-Men movie and we had Age of Ultron both having Quicksilver in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so strange <laughs> to, to kind of see that and uh yeah we had evan peters who played quicksilver in the x-men movies he's suddenly here um marvel and disney had has bought back the rights that they they've basically purchased fox so everything is theirs anyway um but 
this is the first time we saw any sort of connection to that. And boy, was was that a shocker. Yeah, it sure was. It sure was. And did you catch in the Halloween episode, um, they mentioned the Kick-Ass movie? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Like, as you go into the Halloween episode, we learn a little bit more. And we, like, learn that Wanda definitely does see him as someone different. Like, she knows he's someone different. And they kind of talk about that a little bit. And, yeah, they they have this little nod to the another movie that, you know, the actor who played Quicksilver in this universe, he was in uh, Kick-Ass. And, and they have that little moment. Yeah. I, again, another thing. And Evan thing Peters was, like, was in that, too, though. Was he? Who was that? Yeah, oh, he was one of the friends. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's why I really like that. Right. That because it, it kind of addresses the situation that they are both different people, but you know, different that's actors. The thing about but... this series, it it took such swings and broke the fourth wall in ways that Marvel hasn't really done. And yeah, like that's a that's a I completely forgot he was in that movie. That's a great pull. Um, yeah, that's it. Th- th- those two episodes, I think the back-to-back of those and the, my anticipation between them was like episodes five and six was probably the most excited I like I was. It was in the middle of the series, but that introduction of Evan Peters playing Quicksilver, I just, I couldn't believe they did that. Um, and it made me think, okay, what does this mean? Because yeah. I know that this series has some sort of tie-in and I think they kind of, they, I think they kind of reveal that a little bit. We'll talk about the final episode, but I, th- I think I kind of have a theory on where this is going. It ties into the next Doctor Strange movie, mm-hmm. so it, the next Doctor Strange movie is called the Multiverse of Madness. So we know they're introducing the idea of a multiverse. So who is this guy? How did this get here? What is going on? We f- find that out later, but at the time, five and six, we knew nothing. And it was really yeah. I was I was I my jaw was on the floor, and and that sort of probably we were talking about earlier about the uh, releasing by episode by episode. I really enjoyed that week leading up because I was thinking all these what ifs. You know what what does this mean? What could it mean? Like who who else is coming back? Yeah, it was great. It was really well done. Okay, so the next episode is episode seven, uh, breaking the fourth wall. Now this episode kind of jumps to I would say the most modern kind of sitcom idea because. It was very much um, talking to the camera documentary style. So the office, especially the opening, was very yeah. office-like, um, very modern family, I felt, uh, especially in the way that Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Wanda, was was acting. Like, mm-hmm. I felt she was, she very much switched to this is how the more modern sitcom mom is. Um and she's going like this episode has her going through a lot of stuff and she's kind of losing track of the the powers. The universe is kind of shifting quite a bit. But I thought it was interesting that we we kind of got to see her, her and Paul Bettany, both of them were had to switch characters constantly They're Every episode, they're kind of becoming a new thing, but keep the core of their character there, but also have this kind of layer on top of it. I thought this one was probably some of her best acting just playing this completely unhinged character who is is kind of losing touch on her reality and is losing touch on everything that's going on oh for sure yeah um and just like now that you mention it like just to think how much preparation that these actors must have had to do to do all of these different eras of sitcoms and make them you you know make them genuine to the time frame but also like you said keep their character um, 
traits so that you still know who they are. Yeah. You know, it was must have been a very taxing project yeah. to work on. Well, and that's interesting. Like, yeah, like it's it, keeping that characters tough, and that would be that would be tough to do for any television or 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 you know movie because it's different than a live play in the sense that it's a lot of stops and starts. So they'd have to really, you know, I, I know it's hard, like there's there's harder jobs than acting. Obviously, I realize that, but it is a testament to to their focus and ability to be able to switch characters keep it going, keep it consistent and keep you entertained and never forgetting like it's Wanda, but it's also these other things. Um, I will say, so I mentioned this before that there's one episode I didn't like as much. Episode seven was probably the, my least favorite episode. Um, it's probably the only episode of the nine that I had some kind of issues with. I thought the, I thought the pacing was slowed down quite a bit. Now we got another big reveal at the end, which kind of, saved the episode for me like the final like two minutes of this episode was brilliant but leading up to it i thought we were kind of dragging along a little bit and i wasn't too sure what was going on with the vision darcy stuff because at the end of episode seven she expands the hex because vision has been trying vision's been discovering throughout this series that something's up and he's trying to discover and figure out what's going on he actually ends up leaving the hex um, which doesn't go well for him. So she expands um, the hex and, and Marcy and a bunch of people get grabbed. Did, did you like how all the agents get turned into like clowns and circus folk? <laughs> I thought that yeah, was pretty it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, this was probably so, the slowest one for me too. Um, it, uh, yeah. it definitely, like you said, at the end, it sort of saved it, but I was kind of like, what are they doing with this sort of arc now? But yeah, yeah. it definitely saved it at the end. That, the end, the end was, you know, the end was great. And, and the, the reveal of who this nosy neighbor has been, I mean, cause you, you had Catherine Hahn was cast in this. Um, she was playing the kind of the typical neighbor in every sitcom nosy at some point in times, helpful at others, kind of like this, like the neighbor character that's always in every sitcom. And you, you know, you cast someone like Catherine Hahn, you've, you've got to do something big with, I just wasn't, I wasn't really expecting her to be this big of a role in terms of her importance in, in this series. Like the reveal at the end of episode seven that she's actually, you know, a, a witch um, from a very long time ago, very old witch who um, has is here because she's investigating this hex and investigating Wanda's powers and is curious as to what exactly is going on here and we, and we find out in the finale kind of like what her angle is um but her like her her importance i i didn't really see it coming i knew there was something with her but i, I didn't i didn't see it coming to this extent what what were your kind of thoughts yeah like I, I i agree i knew something was up with her because she was always there and always you know asking questions and um was very yeah. hands on with the boys and didn't really seem to care that they were growing up very fast like of all the characters uh around them she was there the most and would notice the most you would think right so she almost was almost in on it that's why i was like oh like what's going on here but yeah that reveal was really really great at how uh like you said how big of a character she ended up being um and that <laughs> uh, agatha all along was amazing. I'm. <laughs> oh I, yeah, that song. Uh, I mean, did you know? Apparently, it was number one in iTunes downloads that week. 
Really? That's amazing. It went to the top of <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, I I saw that from, I think Catherine Hahn was giving an interview on one of the talk shows. I mean, maybe it was, I can't remember which one. I just saw it on YouTube and I and I decided to watch it because it was leading up to the, the finale. And yeah, they, they had told her, oh, it's number one. And she was like, I can't believe that it would be <laughs> number one. But again, these are the same composers who did like Frozen um, right, and a bunch right. of other Disney stuff. So, I mean, they're good. And the music in this series was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved all the music in this. Yeah, it was very well done. Very well done. Um, so the final two episodes, uh, episodes eight and nine, um, really is when th- things ramp up. And to me, eight and nine felt the most like a Marvel movie. Like leading up to this, it was kind of really innovative, a really different series. Um, lots of really cool different things happening. But I I felt the most like this was Marvel-y in the final two episodes episode eight where we kind of get a it's called previously on and we kind of get like a a, almost like a clip show (laughs) as you would in in some older sitcoms but it's things we've never seen before it's kind of how wanda got to this point we learn a little bit about agatha's um where she comes from i like the salem witch trial scene was fantastic yeah it was great um very cinematic very very cool to kind of see things go all the way back. And then we get to learn a little bit about what, what's going on with Wanda and how she got to this point. The, the, the just absolute, I mean, there's nothing more to say that like she just, just grieving. She was so, she lost her brother um, in age of Ultron. And then she lost vision, someone who she became very close with. Um, She just fell apart. And this kind of came out of her power, this creating the hex. And we get a lot of questions answered. We get a lot of questions that still pop up, but it really set up for a really interesting finale where we have lots of superhero fights. We have lots of things, interesting things happen in it, but it really set us up for explaining and almost justifying a little bit. This is why Wanda did this. Cause I mean, that's the thing. And I, I really want to hear Andrew, what you think about this because the whole time, I was thinking it and they do kind of address it a little bit. She didn't do something that was particularly good. She, she basically kidnapped the town, changed a bunch of people and are holding them hostage. Um, and the fact that kids are locked in a room or locked away and they only come out for certain things. Like she, I mean, she didn't realize everything that she did. That's always been kind of Wanda's thing. She doesn't really understand her powers, but it it's, they did a good job of of you being like, okay, what she's doing is awful, but you're still kind of rooting for her and you kind of almost understand a little bit the human side of it, what she's going through. It doesn't excuse what she's done, but you kind of feel for her and you feel for, for everything that's going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think grief is definitely the big theme of this episode. Um, and you have that big line from Vision, you know, uh, what is grief but love persevering? Um, which is an amazing quote, by the way, like I was blown away by that. Like that came from a Marvel show, <laughs> like something that deep. Wasn't he referencing something? Cause I, I thought that was a quote from somewhere. I, Cause I think I've heard some, maybe it's not the same quote, but I thought I've heard that quote somewhere before. Like I, I thought I'd heard it before. I, I, maybe it, I'm something, maybe it's similar, but I thought it was, I thought I'd heard something very similar to that. Given his character and how he like, you know, 
he's always he always says he's reading things, but it's like he's you know just popping it up in his mind because he's like basically a walking internet. <laughs> um, so it's quite <laughs> yeah, possible. that's true. He, if if it is, if he is quoting something, he would know because he has it all in his head. Yeah, <laughs> so he is uh, he has every piece of literature in there. So you're right. It's quite possible he was pulling it from somewhere, and he would know because he's vision. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess my comment on that would be is if he is if he is a, a quote and it's not coming from him, I'm a little more disappointed because I thought that was a very real moment where you get to see vision kind of becoming more human. That was sort of because it was well, pretty early on I mean, in that whole yeah. process, right? So well, and I think that like I, I loved that scene, and I love that they gave him and Wanda a scene that basically took place after Age of Ultron, but we got to kind of see it here because it kind of helped frame their relationship. Like that, how they got together and their relationship kind of happened off camera, like in terms of all the movies, like they kind of just for time skipped over that. So I never really had a sense of like, why did these two really end up together? They had one or two little scenes together in Civil War, but it wasn't any, it wasn't enough to justify like, why would... Why would they risk everything on the run to like spend time together? But these little moments I thought like were really good showing them sit together and showing him comfort her in a time that she, she needed to be comforted. And, and to me, it was just regardless of the quote, it was just a great moment between the two. And I felt like it helped justify where kind of how they fell in love, where, where that kind of moment began for both. Of them. Yeah. The spark. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And and, and it kind of, to me, again, it, it leads so well into the, the series finale because you get to, you've gotten to know these characters, you've seen the backstory, you have a real sense on what they're fighting for. It's not just, yes, things will probably have to come to an end. Wanda in the end kind of does the right thing, but you see, you've grown to, to know that Agatha is nothing but trouble and you really hate that that director of sword that guy is like the worst human being on the planet <laughs> don't you agree like uh, i hated him from the beginning he is such a horrible person <laughs> he really is and, and like i was wondering like especially but you know halfway through his his uh, time on the show i was like why would monica's mom put this guy in charge like i know there was a lot a lot of options because because the, the blip or whatever but like why him? <laughs> and it's probably it's probably the fact that you're right. Like, there's not a lot of options. Like, there's not a lot of people around. The blips patrolled. Maybe he has other good qualities that we've never seen. But in this series, he was horrible. He he um, in the series finale, he tries to shoot the kids. Yeah. Um, he he weaponizes the body of Vision and sends sends that in so Vision can have his fight against himself. Um, which was also like, a, I thought there was also a really good moment, um, really good kind of vision speech and the two of them, uh, the altercation that happens. But again, it's like he, he's, even though Wanda has done some, some not great things, and I think they're setting her up to be a big, big issue <laughs> moving forward oh, in for Marvel. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he was the villain of this series and he was awful. So I'm, I'm glad they arrested him. I, I also like the Kat Denning's final line. She got to go out on, on have fun in jail. Yeah. She crashed. She crashes her car into his like, have fun in jail. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that was good. Um, we're, we're as happens when we talk about something that we're passionate about, we're almost out of time. Um, so I do want to quickly just talk about the series finale. 
um, and where we think things are going to go. And then Josh had a couple questions that we'll end on. Um, I mean, the series finale, it was called the series finale. It ended in such a way that made it seem like this series could be it. They could do more. They could just lead it into the movies. Um, I really want to talk about, though, how things wrapped up. Basically, Wanda decides um, that she needs to let all these people go. She needs to not live in this fake reality. And she takes the hex down, um, which, which, you know, takes away the vision that she created, takes away her children, um, and she kind of isolates herself up in the mountains. Um, it was it was an emotional way to end the series. Like, I thought they did such a good job of bringing the emotion into into superhero movies. We, we get a lot of people who, who aren't huge fans of superhero movies and criticize them. And, and hey, there's a lot of things that go wrong. There's a lot of issues, a lot of bad superhero movies out there. I just thought the emotional climax of this series was so well done i thought the the emotional moments between her and vision the the sacrifice she basically had to make i i thought it was it was really well done all the way around and they wrapped this up in in such a good way yeah they really did um it's just like i said kind of about episode uh, eight like the the way they they showed a framework grief uh and how it would Mm -hmm. affect somebody with abilities is, is pretty neat um and yeah like and then she loses again like she loses vision uh, for a second time um she has to sacrifice her kids um which yeah. they kind of sort of hint at that they're maybe not completely gone with that uh, they of course it's marvel andrew they hint yeah. at a lot of stuff <laughs> That's fair the enough thing. you all fair they're enough. always going to hint they're always going to give you a hint of something <laughs> um fair enough um that they might be back so they, they hint to that but uh you know so like she's going through even more grief and then like yeah she just decides hey yeah. you know what i i i hurt a lot of people um with how i was handling this so i'm just gonna go and isolate myself and in this little cabin by this um giant mountain <laughs> uh and yeah they yeah. it was very very well um i wanted to end uh th- this episode on on two questions that josh sent in because i think for me when it comes to watching like a TV series, like we, we you and I like to talk Marvel and, and I wanted to dive into some some things and I'm glad we kind of went episode by episode. Th- these are kind of the points that he, the two questions he has is the best way to kind of summarize this. Um, and, and I want to walk through this. So so Josh wants to know, um, what was your absolute favorite moment in the show? Um, so, Andrew, you go first. What was your favorite moment from WandaVision? I would have to say uh, Pietro showing up at the door. Um, was yeah, probably yeah. my best TV moment of the last five or six years, to be honest. Like it was, it was really awesome. We, we have the same moment. Uh, that was a fantastic moment. I agree with you. I, I think I can't say anything else other than that moment because even the Agatha reveal at the end was not as shocking as the Pietro moment. Seeing Evan Peters and doing that kind of bait and switch of like, you showing the back of his head, seeing the silver, oh, it's the same guy, no, it's not, was, yeah, I, I think one of my favorite TV moments of uh, of this year. So I'm going to go with the same one as you because I don't think there's a moment in this series that that comes close. There's a couple other really fun moments. I really liked all the sitcom tropes. I loved the music. I loved the commercials. Um, I thought that the inner workings of all that um, was, was fantastic. And I think that... Um, I think that the way that they set up that last moment was so well done. It has to be the best moment. 
his second question is, if you could have been involved in the creative process of the show, what would you have done differently? Um, so I, I'll just quickly say that the only episode I ever had a problem with was the pacing of, of that episode seven. Um, I think they probably needed to clean that episode up a little bit. But creatively, I don't know if I would have done anything hugely different. I, I'm the type of person that the slow build, I might have revealed a little bit more in the first two episodes to really catch people's attention. But in a TV series, I love this much. Just just like how I felt about Watchmen, I enjoyed every episode. I'm I'm sad that it's gone, but I'm glad that I have it. I, I thought I, I loved this series. So other than fixing that one episode's pacing, I don't know if I would do anything differently. What about you, Andrew? I think the only thing I would do differently is I might have added an episode. Gone to 10? Yeah. The only reason I say that is just because I felt that the uh, fight scenes in episode 9 were just a little bit rushed. Yeah. I guess maybe just because I'm used to, you know, like the three-hour run times of Infinity War and, and Endgame yeah. where you get a lot of it. I just wanted just a tiny bit more. So I might have maybe... I've done that, maybe added an episode um, just so I would have got a little bit more of that action in. Um, But other than that, you're right. Like it was very well done. Um, The pacing uh, at the beginning is a little uh, iffy, but um, you kind of understand why they did that as they go through and they explain her connection to sitcoms and how she kind of grew up with them because she didn't have her own family. Um, So it makes sense. But Yeah, like uh, I, I agree. It was very well done, and I'm like you said, similar to Watchmen. You know, it's it's sad that it's done, but I'm glad that I had it. I think that Watchmen and WandaVision are such a different category of superhero movies than you get, like say from the CW stuff. Which is nothing wrong with the CW stuff. I mean, there's there, they've some great series there too. But this felt very much like it's a superhero movie first, and the other drama comes out of it. Whereas the CW film TV shows have always felt like they're um they're kind of teen dramas with but they happen to be superheroes which there's nothing wrong with that i'm a huge smallville fan i i really like the flash tv show but um i i thought wandavision and uh and watchmen kind of took it up a notch and i'm really excited to uh to see where things go unfortunately that's it we're already done the episode and that's how fast this goes um thank you andrew for for joining me today and, and doing some Marvel talk. I'm glad I, I sat down and talked with you with someone who actually likes this. Um, talking about it with Taylor would be a shorter conversation. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, you're welcome back anytime and I'm sure we'll be chatting Marvel and other things soon. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think we're on the same page. WandaVision was an excellent show. I do hope we get more and um you know, who knows what's going to happen next. I'm really excited to see the next TV show. It's it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming up next. I'm I'm totally on board. Um, I'm sure you are too. 100%. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, this week. And as Taylor always says, go stream some movies. Who's been messing up everything? Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.